think in the indie world, it is hard to find your place. There are a lot of talented people out here that are talented enough with their ideas or their artwork that they could be publishing with bigger companies. Um, it's just hard to get the attention of these people, get your foot in the door. For many of us, as a kid, thumbing through a comic book could transport us to other worlds, flying through the universe at the speed of light. Watching immortal enemies battling to the death. And some of us never grew out of it. Welcome to the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, Thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page, you can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics from the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board. For many years, Bill Colomb has written his book, Kinetic, and sold thousands of copies across the nation. And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast, and this is Bill Colomb. Under the Mask Podcast, episode 19. You know, a lot of us want to write for Batman or Spider-Man, but you won't own the properties then. The way to get around this is setting up your own publishing company, and my guest today has done just that. My guest today is the owner of 123Go, a publishing company specializing in creator-owned comics. She's also the writer of several comics herself, including Trouble, Gunmetal Black Ops, and Sidereal Apogee. You can find all of those on IndiePlanet.com. I'd like to introduce my guest this week, Phoebe Xavier. Phoebe, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so the uh, first thing I want to do, what I do with almost all the guests, uh, tell me a little bit about your story and how you got to be here today. Um, okay. I, um, I'm i a writer and I have a bunch of sci-fi cyberpunk stories that I do in a particular continuum. And about five years ago, maybe, I started to get an art team together to develop some of those, some of the ideas from those characters and how we would transfer that into a uh, graphic novels what we were first shooting for and then by the time I got it uh, got a team really rolling I had maybe like six stories going on at once so we decided to do it episodically in a number of issues and that is my first book Sidereal Apogee is the result of that in the process of making a comic book, I decided to uh, go go ahead and just do my whole own brand, which is where One Two Three Go comes from. And we put out so far, I think, four other books, but we have a Halloween book that is launching and a Christmas book that is launching. And I was going to say, just for being a uh, a kind of upstart company, One Two Three Go Publications has really put out a lot of books in a short period of time. How did you go about setting up One Two Three Go? Um. All right. So. I think I initially was just calling it Go. And I think that I found out some other um, cartoonist uses Go as their their publishing 
label. So um, I went with one, two, three, go. Actually, it's something I post a lot in um, our Facebook group. We have a private group for all the people that are part of our team. And at the end of a post, I used to always post that like, okay, one, two, three, go, like get to work. And um, so I took that over from my constant posts and converted it to our logo. But how my team got together, how did I get... um, Okay, so I um, credit Facebook forums that are comic book forums. There are a number of them that are like labeled connecting comic book writers and artists or um, just indie comic books. There's dozens and dozens of different ways that they label it. But it's places for people from all over the world that do independent comic books to meet one another and to then see who can work with you, like who's interested in the project and see who can work with the rates that you can pay. So um, I have a team that spans several continents. I think um, at the moment we're in America, Africa, Europe, South America, and Asia. So yeah, wow. we're in a handful of continents. You know, that is some of the magic of living in this world today in the information era with the internet. You can reach so many people and from so many different places. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's really opened up in the last 10 years. I mean, the Internet has always been available for us to contact people in other countries. Um, But the way Facebook sort of does it by topic, like, is really, really convenient. So go ahead and tell us about uh, your book series. You have several of them. Uh, So we'll start with uh, Sidereal Apogee. Yeah. um, So that is a cyberpunk anthology. And that is the one that, like I said, comes from, like, my main universe of ideas. It's a continuity that I have mapped out pretty. Uh, meticulously over 400 years and it all culminates into the series of events between 2450 and 2460s that is when um, all the stories take place it's kind of like a rogues gallery book uh the, the it's bad guys versus worse guys I, I like to think of it that there are no real good guys in the, these stories because even the good guys are like mercenaries, bounty hunters, um, assassins. So um, but we do lean into a lot of cyberpunk stuff. A lot of it is uh, involving Internet hacking things, huge corporations running the whole solar system. Not everybody, but many of the people have at least minor cyborg adaptations, to their body mm-hmm. improvements, to their body. Um, so we have four of those uh, issues so far. And issue five is coming out soon. Issue five is going to be the first time that all three stories in the book are directly connected, kind of, in the way. Okay, so the other thing about how Sidereal Apogee works is that it happens out of order, kind of. So we could be a few years ahead in any given book, and then later, you know, you find out what had happened in the past. They're short stories, so it's only like five to six page stories or 15 page stories, and then um, two or three to a book. And um, some of the characters recur over time. Uh, There are definitely characters that will follow over a long course of both narrative story and time and issues. Also, there are one off characters that will just be there for like maybe one 10 page story. By the end of issue number five, it'll say to be continued in issue number two. So it will tell the tale of how we got to the beginning of one of the stories in issue number two. Yeah, so you get to the end of it and then the end is the start of uh, the issue two or. Yes, exactly. Very cool. Playing around with the timeline a little bit. I would yeah. just wanted to say real quick um, from the small amount that I read, the preview issue that you had sent me, uh, it gave me a real like a science fiction Western feel, if that makes sense. Oh, cool. Is that um, issue number four? I, I believe it was four that you sent. Just the way that it opens up with uh, these are the tales of the these scoundrels. Oh, yeah. Every single um, that's the inside cover of every issue. Um, but that is the one I think that opens with like space cowboys playing cards. 
right? Playing poker yes. or, yes. yeah. Um, yes. So I definitely see the cowboy acts, uh, picking up on the space Western part of that. Um, when I, when we were first developing parts of this universe, we were watching a lot of cowboy bebop too. That, that is the truth. What was the original inspiration behind uh, a real Apogee? Um, it's hard to say. Okay. So I wrote about 135 pages of a novel that is paused right now um, before I started writing all these short stories. So it's essentially that half written novel is the beginning of this continuity. And in the process of writing that, I had um, killed off a number of characters that I really liked in the first 100 pages. I was like, oh, I have a short story to tell about this person still. So let me crack out this 15, 20 page short story. And so I actually now my short story collection is up to about 17 stories that I have that are going to go into a short story collection together that is both um, cyberpunk sci-fi stuff, horror porn, which is a, um, a genre that I personally am trying to develop, <clears throat> excuse me, working on developing, and some just regular horror. And yeah, and there is a little bit of overlap, but um, yeah, it's horror, horror porn, and cyberpunk. But this is just the tip of the iceberg for you. You have other series as well. Uh, one of them that I really enjoyed was uh, Gunmetal Black Ops. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, so Gunmetal Black Ops was... So one of my friends that I work with, uh, Frederick Roseman, he's in Mississippi. He has characters that he's developed. He's been developing them for years that he has artwork of certain characters that he has pinups of like really, really great characters. But he never wrote in-depth stories about any of these characters. So I was said specifically about the he has a uh, a couple that is Jade Lion and Black Cauldron. And they are a lesbian uh, and couple that are both romantically involved and they're an assassination team. And so I wrote a 15 page story about them and decided to start a second anthology that would concentrate on espionage, assassins and things like that. And not necessarily have to be from the Sidereal universe. However, Gunmetal Black Ops number two, which is almost done right now, does actually feature three stories that are in the Sidereal Apogee universe. But they follow the um, espionage theme uh, and are more full color. We have two full color uh, stories in that one and then one that is the black and white with some highlights. Um, but the first story in that one is with HMT Studios out of the Philippines and they are fantastic. If you are not familiar with HMT, I highly recommend people look into HMT. They will be doing a six issue, um, I mean a six page story with us for Gunmetal Black Ops number two. Very cool. And in Gunmetal Black Ops, there is a uh, second story, kind of a, a little teaser for the third series, uh, yes. Malik Reigning Devil. Yes. Um, okay. So, um, I think, I don't know exactly which uh, Facebook group I started soliciting in, but after I had the one story with Frederick, I wanted to find more material to go into the, uh, the anthology. I didn't want to just publish the 15 uh, page story. And so Jeffrey Haas pitched me a story about this angel who had to kill another angel just to enter hell. And then once he was in hell, he has to hunt down the devil and he has to destroy and kill Lucifer. And so the way Wade Jeffrey actually had it wrote it initially, I think that um, Malik loses at the end. But I was like, no, 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 let's kill Lucifer. And um, by keeping the character alive, Jeff came back to me a few weeks later and was like, hey, what if I did a whole series about this guy since now he has taken over hell? And so we're now done with issue number one. That one is available on IndiePlanet.com. And issue number two, we have about six pages done so far. That one will launch on Kickstarter 
Kickstarter in early 2021. And that leads us to uh, the last book that I had the chance to uh, read through, and that was Trouble Number One. Uh, tell us a little oh, bit about that. Okay, so Trouble is kind of a spinoff from Sidereal Apogee. She exists in that universe as well. She will actually appear in Sidereal Apogee Number Five. Her book, her solo book, is more of a comedy. It's an action comedy, and it is her as a retired Soul Corps Marine that she uh, has retired to a place on the moon that's a beach, actually, because in the giant dome cities on the moon, they recreate the Earth's atmosphere. And so she just wants to hang out on the beach and sip mojitos. But her ex-boyfriend happens to be a local police sergeant, and a crime wave is hitting the town, and it seems like every five minutes she's interrupted to have to go deal with some bad guys nice so those are the uh the first four ips that are coming out from you guys and yeah. these uh, we were talking a little bit before the podcast these aren't one shared universe but some of them do tie into others yeah i would say so far the only one that is in a separate universe is malik reigning devil um and i guess the um some of the gunmetal black ops stories will be in the sidereal apogee universe but a lot of them might just be in their own one-off and with all these titles launching, what's going to be the future for One Two Three Go? Okay, well, what I'm excited about right now for the future is our Halloween book. We are going to do our first Kickstarter as One Two Three Go, and we are launching a book called Thirteenth Moon, and we have seven stories I think already going into it. It's going to be about fifty pages. I don't think it's even going to be uh, soft cover. I think we'll do it sort of as a short graphic novel. We have werewolf stories, zombie stories, Dracula and space stories. We have a pandemic story, a pro pro to the times. Oh, and the cover story is done by Bayron Calderon, and it is about the daughter of the devil being summoned by a heavy metal band, like in a ritual because they need a guitarist. I want to commend you for how the, how much hard work you've put into having four series come out, already four series come out. With me, for the listeners that know me and for you, um, I do the Kinetic book. That's like my one main book, and I already feel like I'm treading water just with that one series. So to see someone come and do four different series uh, just blows my mind. I got to tell you that um, a lot of the sidereal stuff had been I've been doing it for like three years, getting the stories together. So my ability to launch four issues within two years was like I actually worked on it for four years and then just put the finishing details on over the course of the next two. Um, but yeah, I I kind of always have different artists working on different um, stories all at once. And sometimes it even comes down to like rearranging the book orders like, oh, this story is going to be done quicker. Let's put it in this issue then. I have to then pass the credit on to my team because my art team is amazing. Yeah, a lot of them all have other jobs as well and that they find the time to still do the incredible artwork that they do. I'm definitely blessed. Uh, before we move over to kind of uh, more advice and more general stuff, do you have anything else that you, you just want to let people know about 123Go? Um, 123Go, yeah. I mean, I've okay, we took on a new writer that will, for the first time, I'll have a writer who isn't me um, putting a story in a sidereal apogee story and uh, in this sidereal issue, and that will be Andy Luke, who is from Ireland, I believe. I don't know if he's North Ireland or, or regular Ireland, but Andy Luke is brilliant, and he's writing a story for issue seven. Um, I met him through Chris McCulley, who is another guy who bounces back and forth from um, Canada to Ireland. He's the colorist on Malik. He is also the colorist on a couple of my other stories. Um, and Chris introduced Andy to me 
So you have Andy doing a story for Sidereal Apogee number seven. Sidereal Apogee number five will be coming out soon with GBO number two and then our Halloween book. Um, okay, so it's not exactly, it's not directly one, two, three, go, but I do want to um, big up uh, Caleb Palmquist and his Modern Mythology Anthology. Uh, last year, we did a Kickstarter, it was a $10,000 Kickstarter to do a mythology book that is where we update um, ancient mythologies to modern settings. And um, it's called uh, Modern Mythology, The Hero's Journey, because we took specific stories, mythologies that are in the hero category. I originally uh, pitched him. Fenris Wolf and he was like no that's a monster story so I came back and pitched him Beowulf and my Beowulf story is actually in this book and he has decided because of the success of that book that he's going to do um, issues now smaller volumes and I pitched a story for that and we are covering a Aboriginal myth, Aboriginal Australian people. And we're updating the three sisters myth from um, the Blue Mountains to a modern setting. And I'm working once again with Federica Detizio um, from Europe. And she is who I work with on the first story I did for Caleb. And I'm really excited to be a part of that as well. I'm actually friends with uh, Caleb on Facebook. Yeah, Caleb. Uh, yeah, yep. As, 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 soon as, you me- as soon as you mentioned him, I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, Caleb is a really, really fun person to work with and um oh he just did a kickstarter last month about axatolls or whatever they're called those weird lizards they're like fish with feet that are from mexico he did a whole kickstarter about drawing funny little lizards you're listening to the under the mask podcast with bill colome we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors Imagine you're developing superpowers, but your city already has a hero. That hero's kind of a jerk, he doesn't really care, and you think you can do a better job. Thank you for listening to the Under the Mask podcast. I'm your host, Bill Colome, and when I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm also the writer of my very own superhero comic, Kinetic. Kinetic is an action-packed coming-of-age story with great art and, if I don't say so myself, a great story. But don't take my word for it. Go check Kinetic out free. All you have to do is go to ycomics.net slash free. That's ycomics.net slash free. Hey, well, Phoebe, what have been the biggest obstacles and challenges that you've had to overcome? I um, I think, OK, so there's various things, but I think in the indie world, it is hard to find your place. There are a lot of talented people out here that are talented enough with their ideas or their artwork that they could be publishing with bigger companies. Um, it's just hard to get the attention of these people, get your foot in the door. Another thing that uh, has been not a stumbling block for me, but it's just been my lifestyle. Uh, For the last decade and a half, I mostly lived out of a backpack and traveled the United States and to a lesser degree overseas. But that I um, sort of became a professional couch surfer and I was living, I mean, I have great friends all over the country. So I'm living for like, you know, five weeks at a time in California, then two months back in Florida and then different places that I have good friends I can go stay with but no stability of my own, which is like kept me from amassing just huge piles of the comic books that I make. 
I keep it mostly digital because I can't travel around with 100 issues in my pocket or whatever. So I have actually just recently relocated back to Pennsylvania where I grew up and have reestablished some stability for myself so I can start doing regional uh, conventions if we ever start them again, God willing. So for me, getting breaking that old habit, and it's something that I mean, at the end of my 20s, I purposely stuffed all my stuff into a backpack and moved into the backseat of my friend's car and just drove around the United States for a while. But um, yeah, I think getting out of that lifestyle has been something I've been working on the last year or two and kind of finally from the bootstraps, pull myself back up. So I hope to be in a better position moving forward to um, spend a little more time and energy on my brand one, two, three, go. Yeah, there's something to be said for the freedom of just putting everything in a backpack and going out and traveling. It's um, a lot of fun. Yeah, but on the flip side of that coin too, having stability uh, someplace that you know, hey, I ha- have the ability. And like you said, you can't put a hundred yeah. issues in the backpack. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's kind of a trade off um, for that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm glad that I made this decision. I was, um, my team was getting bigger and I knew that um, I was going to have to supplement the, uh, supplement my income to be able to pay my art team more. And so I'm sure Backed up back in Pennsylvania and I got a job and I'm in two businesses now. I'm in the dishwashing business and the comic book business. Hey, it's a, it's honest work that gets you paid. Yes. What has been your biggest mistake that you've made in your creative career? Um, I think when I started out, I was relying on other people that were just doing it for fun and I was not uh, paying them professional rates and that not until I was figured out, okay, let me find artists who will meet a deadline and I give them cash money and they give me a final product. Um, that initially I was kind of just brainstorming with a bunch of people who liked my ideas but weren't too com- as committed and serious about the title as I was. So work with professionals, that's what I would say. I used to do music a lot and you don't want to give out your CDs for free. You think that that's good promo, but um, people are more likely to read the book that they paid for or to listen to the album that they paid for than if you just give them some free mixtape on the street. Um, they're going to be like, oh, that's nice. You're trying to be famous. And they're going to put it in the club compartment and forget about it. If you if they're already interested to the point that they've invested cash, they're going to also invest time and energy into absorbing your product. Uh, on the other side of that coin, what has been your best moment in your creative career so far? I don't know. I, it's pretty exciting every time I get a copy of my own comic book, uh, something I've written. That is pretty exhilarating. Um, but um, artist musically, I also had a couple rare weird moments. Um, I was featured on Thrasher magazine one time doing a rap. That was like a, high, uh, a junior high magazine that we all used to read back in the 80s or whatever. And to be on Thrasher magazine, that was an accomplishment of sorts. Um, yeah, I have also made a couple of music projects that were very satisfying. Uh, I don't know. I think my, my greatest moments are still before me. And I'm very, very excited for this next year of what's on the schedule for one, two, three, go. Yeah, I've got to say, I've interviewed a lot of creators and probably half of them. The answer has been getting back the books and actually having the books in their hands. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they start out as just ideas in our heads that were like, hey, this is really cool to me. And then by the time you're reading it, you're like, yes, this is cool. And oh, my God, now other people are interested in buying it. And that's pretty amazing. With comic yeah. books in the comic book scene, what has been the best advice that you've received? Um, I don't know. I think there's a, I, I do my own letters. So um, and that's kind of how I even um, in the first place figured out how I'm going to do a comic book. OK, all I have to do is get the art drawn the way I, I want it drawn and then I can do it all myself on um, 
I use GIMP because uh, I use Ubuntu and other Linux uh, platforms, uh, OS. But the, um, the yeah, essentially, I could just do it in Photoshop or whatever if you just give me the, the raw image. So I've been doing my own letters the whole time. And I think initially, if you look at scenario one and two, my letters were a little bit sloppier. And there was a point in one of the Facebook groups where some of the more professional letters have broken down like, hey, this is the standard. This is what's going to look good. This is how to space your stuff and I had to learn some of the inside industry tips on lettering for how far my lettering has come to the newest issues. Yeah, lettering is definitely a kind of unseen art. I mean, when you pick up a book and you read through it, you don't really think about, hey, the dialogue balloons and how they look. But if they look bad, it's one of the first things you notice. Yeah, it's delicate. Yeah, exactly. That the um, that when it's done right, they think nothing about it. But if you butcher it, then they're like, ah, that looks a little weird and it's going to throw off the rest of the page. Well, a lot of one, two, three goes comics. They are available on Indie Planet. You can get either physical copies or digital copies, right? Yes, you can. It's ninety-nine cent download for digital, and then it's about five bucks for its print to order. Indie Planet is a pretty cool service, and for any indie publishers that don't have a way to publish, I highly recommend you look up Kablam. And you can go you can go right to indieplanet.com and check those out. We'll be sure to leave a link in the description and the show notes below. Phoebe, where else can we find 123Go online? Um, you can find us on Facebook. We have a like fan forum sort of thing, 123Go Publications. We have a severely underused Instagram, 123Go Publications. And if you want to follow me and argue about politics all day, you can find me on Twitter at Aurora underscore blocks, P-H-L-O-X. Phoebe, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. All right. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. If you know a creator that makes comic books or any other media and think they'd be a good fit for the show, drop us a line at underthemaskshow at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. Welcome to the family. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review, and we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off.